Hello there, Life Church Global. It is so good to be with you again. Amen. And thank you, Pastors Kelsey and John, for this right. opportunity yes. for us to share the Word of God with you. We have been following with great interest something exciting that is happening with Life Church Dubai. Amen. Come on. Hopefully, it will be caught globally as well. Yeah. Two courageous leaders have led you. Amen. By example. That's right. Doing something and showing you that it can be done. That's right. Well done. And now we see Sunday after Sunday, quite a few of you gathering to exercise some muscles that you have not used for a long time or to stretch those muscles yeah. and um, push yourself to do things that you thought you could not do. That's right. Well done, Pastor John and Kelsey. You have not only led your people with the word, but in life as Amen. well. And well done to all of you That's right. who um, Sunday after Sunday gather together to exercise and to be together. Amen. Doing church. Hopefully, even globally, this pattern will be followed. Amen. You may not run a marathon or a triathlon, but you will grow spiritually, mentally, and physically. Yes. And remember, it is good for brethren to live together in harmony. Amen. Amen. One can chase a thousand, but two a ten thousand. Awesome. Yes. So run the race that is set before you with confidence. That's right. We love you and are so proud of you. Amen. Hello again, Life Church. And it's Life Church Global. So let me, let me make it very clear because there are so many Life Churches around. But you guys are life. You are life because you do life. You're not life because you're living, but you're being and you're doing. So. Glad to know you and it's such a tremendous joy again to bring you the word and as Savi said, we're so grateful to Pastor John and Pastor Kelsey for the opportunity and uh, we are seeing, as she said, something extraordinary. You're a church, you're a doing church, you're not just meeting. In fact, your meetings are uh, almost uh, nil, I think it's apart from the uh, life coaching or the uh, weekly meetings that you have uh, at homes, you hardly meet, but you are a doing church. And for that, uh, we are so uh, encouraged, influenced. In fact, it has led us to become a doing church. And we are now actively trying to move in a direction where we will be more a doing church than a living church in that sense. Just meeting church, not living, but meeting. So thank you. And uh, today I want to encourage you 
to use this potential, to use this, which has suddenly come alive. Now I'm going to bring a word. And uh, let me start with a chapter which I have been camping in and a person of the Old Testament who I've been walking in camping and having times of fellowship with. Elisha, not Elijah. Elijah is quite a frightened, frightening man to be with. Elisha's kind of cute, kind of okay. He's my kind of guy. And so I just want to share with you from 2 Kings chapter 13 to begin with. And I can assure you, I have two messages today. Not long, but two messages. And so for the first is from 2 Kings chapter 13. And you find Elisha in a place of almost dying. He is dying. And the king is coming to him. King has just been inaugurated as king. And he knows his time to have a prophet with him who has heard God, who's walked with God is almost over. And so he runs to him. Uh, he runs to him because of a situation. The situation is that the Syrians are coming against him. Aram, to be more precise, is coming against him. And he is now in fear. So he runs to Elisha. And, you know, often when we run to God, we are expecting God to do things for us. We think that's prayer and that's how we relate with God. And... God bless those who think like that. But when this king runs to Elisha, Elisha is not giving him the answer. He's not doing anything for him. But he gets him to do something. And you know what? As you read 2 Kings chapter 13, you will find he asks him, he points him to a window. Often God points us to a direction in the crisis of life. He points us to find the window. He points us to go towards the window. And it's good for us to know that. And in those moments, we got to listen to God, listen to what he's saying. And I believe the king uh, did not actually hear what Elisha was saying. Anyway, he went to Elisha and Elisha gave him some arrows. And then he said, take an arrow and shoot it through the window over the head of Aram. That was the visual aid he gave. And so the king, Joash, he looks at it and he finds it and he shoots it over the, and he says, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And that's the time Elisha gets him to do what he has to do. But I want you to watch the scenario now. First of all, he says, shoot. And, he sh and then he takes some arrows. First of all, it's singular. He gives him an arrow. And then he gives him arrows. And he says, strike the ground. Now, Joash struck the ground thrice. And Elisha is very, very angry as a result of this. He's about to die, but he's getting angry. 
And then, why does he get angry? You can, because Elisha doesn't tell him to, how many times to strike. He said, if you struck six times, you would have completely had victory over the king and his army. But he struck it only thrice and therefore you will have victory, but not in completion. How do I know that he was meant to strike six times or more than that? Because it says there that Elisha gave him arrows and asked him to strike. And unfortunately, he did not strike him, strike the ground six times. So I know he had six arrows, but he only chose three. What a missed opportunity, eh? Got the message? We need to constantly be aware of what we have and use what we have into completion. Because faithful is he in little who will be faithful in much. God wants us to use all our resources for the advance of his kingdom, no matter how little it is. Because he can, with little or more, as in 1 Samuel chapter 14, with little or more, he can do an amazing, awesome work. Joash missed the opportunity. Have you missed the opportunity? Because you have not taken what you have, you have held back. And quite often we are in that. And I want you to recognize that. Are you prepared? First servant. Are you prepared to use what you have to fullness, in completion? Or are you holding back? Second sermon is also from second, uh, first, uh, second Kings chapter 13, but we'll also go back to First Kings. But Second Kings chapter 13, and we're looking at Elisha again. Now watch this. Joash thinks that Elisha's death will be the end of the awesome work of God. But as you read on, you would find something absolutely amazing that some people, some churches have taken it literally and they call it sucking the grave. But there is no such thing. And I believe that this was a one-time issue. And if you like, you can stand in the grave and honor the dead or you can remember the dead. I do that a number of times with various revivalists. Uh, I, I camp with the people in the Bible. I camp with the people who have led us into new frontiers. I spend time reading about them, studying about them. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't believe in sucking from the grave, but some people have made it a way of life. Now, what happens here is that the bones of Elisha has been, he's buried, and as a man is being thrown into his grave, he comes alive. Whoa! To me, it's not about sucking from the grave. It's about your potential would never die. There's still potential even in after your death because you never die. You're not there in the present form, but you're always there in influence. 
you're there to impact. So that's for you to understand. Potential. Never give up on your potential. And the second sermon, and this will take a little longer, is about the seed. And you want a sermon topic? So to be. So to be. You see, in every person, there is seed. And in, especially in us, there is a seed which is incorruptible. The seed that is powerful. Because we were born again by the word of God, which is the seed of God. And that came in and began to reside in us. Now, unfortunately, uh, we either <clears throat> have not allowed the seed to grow or we have buried it or we may have planted it in a place that is not conducive for its growth. It's about planting the seed. So to be. God did this in Genesis chapter 2, where he took man and planted him in the garden. Now, isn't it sad? And this is what I consider insanity. When a man tries to become what he already is. Some people have described or defined insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting results when it has not produced. And there are many other definitions. But to me, insanity is trying to become what you already are. I'm standing here in the now of this moment. And if I ask Savi, who's in front of me, where is the vibe? Where is the podium that I stand before to preach? It's already here. And for me to ask that question is insane. And that is what has happened in very many people. The seed is already planted. We are already in Christ. And we are trying to get into Christ. We are stressing to get into Christ. He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And here we are struggling and crying out for more blessings, more blessings. I can understand the intensity of the moreness, but he's more than enough. I can understand the hunger to have more, not more of what is already there, but more of the intensity of what is already there and more that it may manifest in a greater measure. But I don't understand, quite honestly, why people are crying out to say, more Lord, more Lord, I want more Lord, I want more, with the attitude that they don't have. You and I have every potential. God has blessed us with potential, with every spiritual blessing. What we need to understand is what is that potential in us. And how does this potential grow? I'd like you to understand now, 
Before me is an Apple iPad. It is full of potential. I brought this with purpose because from now on, I may be uh, going to use it constantly as I teach, but it's before me. It's got potential, it's full of potential. Potential that I don't even know of. To me, it's a vehicle through which I can get my internet, I can get my email, I can read some books, but mostly for notes. Now, I have not robbed it of its potential, but I'm not using it to its maximum, optimal potential. And that's what has happened to a number of Christians. They are not using the potential that they have, not for anything else, for a number of reasons. And the main reason is that we have forgotten the process for potential to develop. Because we want everything now, today, if not today, yesterday. Everything is instant. We got Instagram. We've got instant noodles. We've got instant coffee. We've got all sorts of things. We don't like the brewing of the coffee, eh? We don't like to watch and wait. We don't like the process of it becoming. There's nothing wrong becoming who you are. What is wrong and what is failure is trying to be already who you are. Becoming is a process and that is what is necessary. The seed, you look at the seed. That seed has a process. Within the seed is potential which we do not know yet. But one thing we know, if we know the seed, if we know that it's a seed, of, it's a mango seed, we all know that it is going to produce mangoes. If it's an orange seed, it's going to produce, produce oranges. But a mango seed will not produce orange. And that's another problem that we have. We are trying to become something we are not. I am a pastor and since of late, that's the gift of a pastor, not my title. And since of late, I have been progressively developing the area of life coaching. I've had to wait. I've had to wait. Oh, there were many pitfalls. Oh, there were many delays. And I could have looked at these delays and, and got very frustrated and given up. But I thank God for the process of waiting for they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Yeah, Isaiah 40, 31, they shall rise up. Wow. Rise, shine, your light has come, and now my light has come. But it is a process. It was a process of waiting. And many do not want that process of waiting. They give up. They quit. And if you look up the life of Elisha, it was a process. We first meet Elisha in 1 Kings chapter 19, and we see him there plowing. Why is he plowing? He was a farmer. Why is he plowing? He knows the process that in the plowing and the scattering of the seed, there's a process. And while he is plowing, now by the way, he's not posting. 
he is not posed for Elijah to get a good glimpse of him and say hey this is the guy no he's plowing he's doing something mundane he's doing something very normal and at that time elisha elijah recognizes potential elisha is not pretending to be something he's not he's simply doing what he is capable of doing plowing elijah recognizes in him his potential and throws the mantle on him the mantle of potential the mantle that is going to serve much greater and more than elijah ever did in fact elisha has a double portion of it and wow when you look at that life but what was he doing he was plowing now the next time we meet elisha is in second kings chapter 2 and many commentators tell us that what is the the number of years between that first encounter with elijah right up to the point of the man the the he sees the chariots of fire and he cries my father my father keeping his eyes remember the process what was the process elijah took him through a process but he said if you're with me and you stay with me and you keep on with me something will happen and you know what the chariots of fire and all of that the rasmataz the awesome thing that happened around him the supernatural sensation that happened around him did not move him from keeping his eyes on the process and he kept looking at elijah and he said my father my father and as he kept looking at him he threw the mat he threw his potion on him process and from there on man what things happened even as you read in second kings chapter 13 and from verse 20 i believe even his bones were potential to bring healing and raise a man from the dead wow potential but it was a process and he had to wait so you are he was sowing he began with sowing and then very strangely his bones are in the grave it had to die potential to rise up we know david we read of david he's a shepherd boy young 15 years of age when he's first anointed but it's 15 years later they say when he was around 30 the anointing manifest and right through this time there was a process it was difficult they say that Saul spent and it's true Saul spent more time chasing after David than reigning in his kingdom look at Saul Saul was anointed and immediately became king no process just anointed immediately instantly became king david went through a process hard difficult but his kingship brought forth the messiah wow son of david process even the son of david not solomon 
Jesus was a process. He was born in that supernatural environment that the Spirit of God came upon Mary and she conceived. Wow, what a process, eh? The, the little boy would have had to go through a certain situation. We know that at the age of 12, while he was in the temple, he was going through a process. And yet, everything divine and full of divine potential was in Jesus. But not, not until a time. When the time was fulfilled, he then went through a process again and he asked John to complete all righteousness. Process. Something that the church has lost. The ability to go through. The ability to know that it's through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. The ability to stay and wait and watch the seed grow. You know, this is something that is very sad. Now, in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, there's a, uh, I very rarely get into this book. It's quite uh, personally difficult for me to understand. And it's very rare that I get some kind of uh, revelation. But here's something it says, not a revelation, but a thought. It says there, you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. You know, all the time, the wisest man and the richest, the wisest man in the world and the richest man at that time, all the time he's saying, you do not know. I do not know. You do not know. You do not know. And that is true. We do not no, because the secret things belong to the Lord. It's a mystery. Our life is a mystery. Our connection with God is a mystery. Our birth into God is a mystery. We were born of our parents, but then suddenly we have been told in John chapter 1, not born of man, nor of the will of man, but of God. That which is born, John chapter 3, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of God or spirit is spirit. The wind blows where it wants. And there are some things in the birth of a child we do not know. And it says here very clearly that the bones grow in the womb of the mother. We do not see that, but it's happening. Fearfully and wonderfully have we been made. And we, in the substance of our mother's womb, God knew us and he called us. We do not know. There's a, there's a frame that he put there. Amazing. But it's potential. Now, I'll give you a little secret now. In Psalm 139 and, uh, Psalm 139 and verse 14, it talks about a frame. The word frame is yet, sir. The Hebrew word is yetzer. And guess what yetzer means? Imagination. And when you read in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 6 about the imagination, what's the word? Yetzer. When you read Genesis 11 
and they say, let's go down for their imagination. What's the word? Yes. It's imagination. And many other places where Yetzer simply means imagination. And here the word frame is Yetzer, which means that we have been born in the image of God, in the imagination of God, the framework, the very thing that holds our being together. Frame is to hold things together. The very thing that holds us together is the potential of imagination. That's not my message today. My message is about the process towards the manifestation of potential. You, I, we have potential. Every single one of us. And my potential may not be yours and your potential may not be mine. I'm not trying to be following anyone and trying to be who they are. I am being myself. And it's very rarely, there have been times where I've been tempted to go the way of someone else. But God has always brought me back. I am not Pastor John who can sing so brilliantly and play that guitar like he's strumming his song into your life. I'm not that. Where he can prophesy just like Prophet Kirby and they can speak in a way that is full of awesome downloads from God as they call it. I'm not that. But I know my potential. I know who I am and I'm not trying to be something else. I'm just being who I am with all my faults, with all my failures and boy, there have been many. And right now we are going into something new, life coaching, and I'm going to take the church through it. So we'll no longer be called a church as church or we are going in as a life coaching group of people called Haris Energy, which again is powerful. Haris meaning grace, Energia meaning energy, life, power. So a group of people who are filled with the power and energy of grace. And this Saturday we'll be starting that. It, it will not be the same kind of meeting we have because we are not going to worship as in singing songs and enjoying the way you guys can enjoy. It's going to be different because it's life coaching. That's my potential. It was there in me. And for 65 years, it was dormant. And then suddenly it came alive. But it took a process. Wow, what a process. Difficult, frustrating, disappointing, not getting off. However, in that process, God molded me and brought me to a place where now, now is the time. Today, if you will hear his voice, the process, beloved, the process, we all have potential in us. Pardon me. We all have process in us. The, the, the greatest temptation that you and I face, as I said, because it was faced in the Garden of Eden or in that sphere, is to become 
who we are. Instant. Want to be like God. Now, I am in Christ. And when I am in Christ, I become who I am in. It's very simple. If I take a cup of hot water and when I place in there or I take one of uh, Pastor John's awesome atmosphere coffee and place it in to the cup of hot water and watch it. You do it 15 times. You dip it, I believe. And then what happens? You don't produce an amazing cup of hot water. You produce what was dipped into and I've been dipped into Christ. Christ is in me. So what do I become? Christ. I cannot be anything else. I become what has been dipped into me. I become what has what I've been dipped into. I cannot be anything else. But the manifestation of who I am can be different. And that's why we've got different, different gifts, a variety, diverse gifts. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 all speaks of those manifestations. And we've been placed in a garden. Your garden is Life Church Global. I'm a part of it. I'm proud to be a part of it. And Savi and I and the children are all part of Life Church Global. We are a part of life coaching, Karis energy, but we're all one. We're being placed into this family. Now, here's the thing. It hurts me to know how some people uproot themselves. Why? Because they're failure to go through process. They uproot themselves and go and plant themselves in some other ground. Now, first of all, you destroy the very roots when you uproot yourself. You're uprooting yourself. It's not what God is doing. Now, God places us in the body. That is the body of Christ. That's true. And then with God, we make a choice to move into a particular local body. But then after a period of time, because of various issues that take place, maybe I was not cared for. Maybe I was rejected. Maybe Pastor John did not see me the other day when I'm trying to wave at him. Maybe I've not been invited to the running and the walking. Maybe I've been left out. Maybe I was chosen and given a period of time and then after some time I was quietly left out. Whatever. It's a process, beloved. And then what, what happens? We uproot ourselves and we go and try to plant ourselves in another ground which we are not familiar with. But don't think that just because they're Christians, I can, you can go and I can go and plant myself in that body and expect growth. No, beloved. You know what happens actually? If I leave with bitterness, I carry in me bitterness and I plant their bitterness. If I don't bring the relationship that I once was in to a relationship of peaceful ending, amicable parting, what I carry in me is that bitterness. I need to release the bitterness so that I can go there fresh, a new person, totally. And then the other thing that is we carry the baggage and then we carry that expecting to be 
treated. Now, if I go there as a pastor, I expect to be treated as a pastor. Now, in honor, they may do that, but I cannot. I should not. Why? Because I'm new there. I'm in submission to you, Pastor John, when I come to life. I am not the pastor. I am not the father of the house. I'm in submission to the father of the house. When I go to Sri Lanka, I'm in submission. Savi and I are in submission to Kobe and Fiona. We are not the pastors there. They call us pasty and all of that and they honor us so amazingly like your pastor, pastors honor us. But then we are not. And we cannot come expecting that same thinking that we have within our own little field of growth. To come afresh. We come with a way of saying, I'm in submission. Plant me where you want. Oh no, it doesn't happen like that, eh? Because we carry baggage. And that has been trying to be what we are not. That has been the most devastating issue within the church. Now, when you sow and you allow the process to take place, remember this, you will see. James chapter 5 speaks of that. A farmer waits with patience. He is allowing the process to take place. Now, when a farmer like Elisha sows the seed, watch this. He doesn't go every day and starts, you know, uh, moving the soil to see whether the seed is growing. Like many are doing today to see how many likes they have. You send a, a post, they're checking the Facebook again or the Instagram to see how many likes so that they get instant recognition. Oh, no, no. It doesn't happen like that. I am already instantly recognized, received, accepted in the beloved I don't need any more recognition. If people give it, bonus. Are you with me? You understand that? But no, we want instant. We pose in that camera to get instant response, instant reply, instant recognition. For what? The ego has taken over. Not the seed, not the incorruptible seed. The incorruptible seed understands the process. Because it knows that unless it falls to the ground, as Jesus said in John 12, 24, unless it falls to the ground and it dies, it will not bear fruit. But actually, you know, it doesn't die. It moves into the ground and in that ground, as that ground is fertilized, that's what you and I must be doing. Fertilize that ground. Water it. Allow the sun that hydration to take place, allow the weather to come and let it grow within itself until it's time to bring forth fruit. And you know what it produces? It produces more than one seed. It produces fruit. What is the secret? John 15, abide, stay, remain. Yes, you're released. You're released into the ground. Now within that ground, just like Jesus, in that ground, three days, you had to wait. And within that, he rose because there was a process taking place. And if you read that process, it's, it's amazing. Put your imagination there and read the whole thing from the 
garden of gethsemane to the tomb you would see some amazing amazing thoughts coming out awesome remain stay so to be so so to be sure to manifest but you got to be who you are and then allow yourself to allow the process they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength the farmer knows that there is going to come a time he has faith he's not fearful he's not fatalistic he doesn't sow the seed ah kesera sera no he knows he takes care of it he has a scarecrow he does everything to protect that growth and he allows it to grow and then voila in that time for it to come forth it will come forth jesus waited the christ the logos waited and in the fullness of time as you read galatians chapter 4 the logos got incarnated the word became flesh but how long did it take a process beloved a process just imagine the christ the logos together with the father and the spirit watching what's happening on earth i don't know but it's possibly the sun said shall i go now shall i go now but then we know that the sun waited because in the fullness of time when it was right when it was time the son of god was manifest wow and then he was manifested through a very scandalous kind of union don't be afraid of scandal remember that scandal leads to growth if you handle it right and so the seed was embedded in the womb of mary and then it took 9 months so they say right 9 months and then that seed was nourished was nurtured was protected and hey even while that seed was in the womb miraculous things happened john the baptist just leapt while he was in his own mother's womb wow and yet when that child was born there was a process a process of waiting and waiting so much so that he would even say hey you know this thing that i did for you no go tell anybody oh we want everybody to know what we did ah yes there is a process below and jesus grew in wisdom stature favor of god and man process and so just like to leave you with this you know the process what's preventing you from allowing the process to take place i'm going to give you a few suggestions number 1 fear the fear of not being known the fear it may take too long various fears but you know fear is unreal and god has not given to you the spirit of fear you are fearless now if there is fear let me say this to you fear is an invitation to faith fear doubt anxiety they're all invitations for faith to take action for faith to grow in you 
James chapter 1 count it all a joy don't worry it is a process don't let it complete that let it complete let it complete and see what happens be careful of fear don't allow any form of fear to come and prevent you fear of your past to go and admit and be open before him fear of being transparent now if i do this of course i'll get be i'll be known and then i won't get what i should be getting fear of the boss here's another one that prevents us from entering into the process being control freaks we want everything in control we want everything in our we need to know everything i need to know this i need to know that be careful there are some pastors like this sadly they need to know everything there are some fathers some mothers some bosses they need to know everything and as a result they're not allowing the process and the process the the absolute truth is this when you drop a seed into the ground and you allow the process to take place progressively within out of sight but within that ground that process is taking place and as you nourish it and as you give it the necessary food number 3 selfish selfishness my money my car my petrol that's a sri lankan saying i don't know whether that's everybody's saying my my there are you know there is a pyramid it starts with mine then it's my and then it ends with i everything selfish we try to hold on to it we try to grab it and that is called being stingy stingy strangulating it does not allow the seed because you have the seed in you you're holding it you're gripping it so tight that you kill it your knuckles become white and and everything else begins to manifest but that seed that is meant to be released recently during the covid a lot of us not because we were stingy but we were afraid to release our funds to serve the kingdom of god a number of us we held back but we didn't realize that in releasing we are receiving in giving we're getting in sowing we are reaping watch out these are what strangle now you may say oh no we cannot strangle what god has hey we can because there is a thing called choice there's a thing called will god doesn't impose and by the way don't be deceived by the fact that just because you didn't give of your time your treasure your talent and you received in spite of not giving don't think that what god wants no beloved that's god's gracious blessing upon your life but he expects us in second corinthians chapter 9 from verse 8 it says he makes all grace abound in us that we have all sufficiency in all things to abound unto every good work and then he goes on to say that the seed that is given the same seed that brings the bread to the eat is the same seed given by the father so the seed is from the father let's not hold it back in giving it back to him 
Let's look for the multiplication. So, so keep on sowing morning, noon and night. Keep on sowing no matter what the condition is. Remember Genesis 26, Isaac is facing a famine. He served, he he sowed and guess what? He was not only blessed, he was not only made prosperous, he was blessed and he grew in wealth. It was famine time, but he sowed. He sowed. Now I'm not talking of just money. I'm talking of your talent. It may be famine for you right now where no one's recognizing your talent. It may be your treasures, could be your time. Be careful where you spend your time and what you allow your time to be consumed by. And so, here are a few more things. The environment is important. The environment is important. The seed can grow to be seen for what it is when surrounded by the right environment. And that's a righteous environment. Be careful of how we walk. Good to watch with whom and where we are. With whom we are, where we are. I encourage you on a Sunday go be with your wonderful life church people. Yes, we've got a Saturday and a Sunday. And some have got Friday, Saturday and Sunday time. Spend it. I'm not saying legalistically with God. Spend it with God, spend it with your family, spend it with your people, the church. How you spend your time. So watch. The sower has to release the seed and the seed has to be given time to remain in order to reproduce. Learn to stay. Learn to abide. Learn to remain in patience until it's time for the underworking current to release you to the top. There will be some rough patches, some difficult times, circumstances like the COVID period. And it was a good test for all of us. Did we fail? I don't know. Did we pass? I don't know. That's up to you. You know. I know my own situation. A time when it seems like a challenge can we turn it into a conquering moment and then finally watch out ask and when you ask ask knowing that you're asking within the will of god and the word asking is to demand and so you go i i every morning i go out i feed the birds the natural the, the the ones that are not in cages but the ones that are flying over us i feed the birds then i look at the garden and i ask what do i ask i ask the flowers to produce its beauty it's already there i say more beauty notice what you're asking the word aitu in greek ask is to demand lay a demand on god's word for yourself and laying a demand on god's word is not just once in a while taking his word and listen i've got before me one of the most awesome scriptures and it is psalm 115 verse 14 and 15 and what it says is awesome it says the lord shall increase you 
you and your descendants. And you know what I say? Me and my descendants. The Lord has increased me. Me and my descendants. The Lord of heaven and earth has blessed me. And every day, just like I did now, I look at it. I feast on it. I imagine the increase. I imagine now it has not increased to the point of being a millionaire or owning a, a house in Dubai or in Sri Lanka. But I'm imagining the kingdom of God growing. I'm imagining that whatever I, he has begun in me will be completed. I'm imagining. I'm making a demand on his word. I'm saying to him, God, this is your word. Thank you. In humility, not with arrogance, I say, thank you. I'm going to pray with you now. I'm going to release that ability to wait. My name is Neil. And the meaning of Neil is from Nigel, which means tenacity, the tenacious one. And so I know what it means to wait. I know what it means to stay, to hold on, not hang as if by this, you know, just a little tiny string. No, but to be immersed with the greater wine and to enjoy it and to allow the branch to stay with the wine and bear fruit. I know that. And I'll release that right now to you. The ability to stay, the power of endurance. Father, I know your word is true. I know your word will not return to you void or return to me void, but will accomplish the purpose for which it went. I know, Father, no matter how long it takes, I know because you are the one who stays. You stay with us no matter what we do. No matter our failures, you stay with us and we are to imitate you. So here am I now releasing that to my dear friends watching wherever, at whatever time. I'm releasing the tenacity to stay. Healing. If there's anyone, Lord, who is in a situation of being challenged by sickness right now, Release the tenacity to believe, to believe, to believe. For finances, to believe, to believe, to believe. For relationships, for jobs and promotions and bonuses, to believe, to believe, to believe. Because you're a God who wants us to expand. You're the God who wants us to increase. That's your word. So release. And having done that, I now want to take you through a meditation. Are you ready for that? Will you go with me into a time of meditation? So close your eyes. Relax. You ready? Take a deep breath. Hold it. Four, three, two, one. Release it. And again, deep breath. 
five, four, three, two, one, release. And let all burdens and cares and worries and anxieties be released in that breath. Now take a deep breath in one more time. And breathe in the Spirit of God, the love of God, the power of God. Five, four, three, two, one, and release. All obstacles, hurdles, hassles. Place your hands on your thighs if you're sitting down and if you're lying by your side. If you're lying down on a couch by your side. Now imagine yourself succeeding. Imagine you're succeeding. To be a success is not sinful. God wants you to succeed. Succeeding regarding your circumstances. Imagine now how you feel about that. See a place where you need success and begin to feel that success. What do you feel? Now along with the feeling of exhilaration, feel the calm serenity. Feel the energy of your success as it courses through your body. Feel it. Moving into every part of your body. Now take a deep breath again. Hold it. And all the while of you holding it, enjoy the amazing feeling and release. Focus on your success. And I'm going to give you an anchor now while you're meditating. Pick a finger on one of your hands and then put it on your thumb. I choose the index finger and I lay it on my thumb which represents God. Index finger represents me. So I and God are now one, connected. And every time in your mind, as you touch the two, you will be reminded of success in whatever you thought to be successful. And that remembrance will grow to be a reality. At the count of one, you can open your eyes. Five, four, three, two, one. Open your eyes. Go out with joy. Let forth with praise and the mountain and the valleys will break forth before you as you go out with joy. I love you. Have an awesome month.